Purdue pushes ahead its first road trip of the season as it travels to Virginia Tech on Saturday after falling in its opener to Fresno State. I'm Kyle Charters. Tom Deanhart here as well for Gold and Black Radio. Tom coming up next, but first this. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. All right, Tom, the Boilermakers fall in the opener to Fresno 39-35. to Purdue had the game there for the taking, especially early in the third quarter when it really had an opportunity to extend the lead, maybe put it a bit out of reach for the Bulldogs. But unfortunately for the Boilermakers, they left a little bit of an opening and Fresno State was able to take advantage. Man, uh, sometimes there's some nuance to loss. I'm not sure there was a whole lot of nuance here to to the loss. Purdue uh, just needs improvement in a couple of areas. It seems like, and man, those deficiencies were glaring, it felt like, on Saturday. The offensive line and the secondary just need to be able to play better. Yeah, I think we both agree, right? There was some there was some bust in that secondary, Kyle. Um, I think, you know, Fresno State converted three third downs where it was over third and ten overall all day long. I mean, Fresno State had success on third downs. I think they were seven of 11, just stayed on the field kept converting, kept grinding, kept driving. And I think that was a huge difference in the game. And conversely, Purdue really struggled to convert its third down. So that was a big storyline. And again, you talked about uh, the offensive line for Purdue. Um, you know, it, those are struggles we've seen before, right? Especially in short yardage situations, really exasperating when you get in the red zone or, or in the shadow of the goal line. Who just isn't very physical, and we saw it again on Saturday. Just not a lot of real attraction in the ground game. So you're right, Kyle. They got to try to button up that offensive line, uh, improving the secondary, and also get better on third downs offensively and defensively. Yeah. Yeah, those were the big keys. Uh, there's just no doubt about that. Look, the offensive line uh, we know is, is being rebuilt. It also has – some injuries, most notably to Gus Hartwig, who's going to be out for a while longer. Purdue was down to its third-string center. It got mm-hmm. down to its fourth-string center. It looked for a moment like Purdue might have to go to its fifth-string center, <laughs> but then went back to three, yeah. which was probably a good thing. Uh, you know, not not to make a bunch of excuses here for, for Purdue, but all those things do matter. Uh, and Purdue needs to, you know, be better on its offensive front, but also get healthy too, which would which would certainly help. Yeah, that entire the uh, interior of the Purdue offensive line is new. Like you said, this started with the center spot. Of course, Austin Johnson, the Colorado transfer, got the uh, got the starting assignment after Hartwig and Josh Kaltenberger were both out. Kyle, I think there may be a chance we'll see Kaltenberger Saturday. And, of course, both guards were new. Their, their transfers, Jalen Grant, you know, coming over from uh, from Bowling Green and Preston Nichols from UNLV for so the first time. Those guys have all worked together in a game. So maybe there was part of that there that was missing, that nuance, that chemistry that offensive lines need. But but you're right. Then now's the time to get things figured out, to find out what your weaknesses are so you can 
obviously improve it as, as, as you wait deeper into the season here. You know, Purdue has its defensive system with Ryan Walters. It, it involves a lot of a lot of man defense. I don't have the exact breakdown to how much man Purdue was playing back there versus zone, any of that kind of thing. But it felt like there were times when Purdue was in man where it struggled to, to make some conversions. I, I don't see that Ryan Walters varies from what he wants to do. Purdue just has to be able to get those guys to improve in this system, it feels like, and play a little bit better in the back half. Yeah, I get some more pressure, too. I thought the front did a good job. I think there were two sacks, Kyle, a uh, handful of quarterback pressures, four TFLs. But I think a lot of that defensive success is, is just predicated, like most defenses, right, on getting pressure on the quarterback and, and not, not asking your secondary guys to have to cover for extended stretches. So, And also credit Fresno State's quarterback. You know, Mikey King did a good job of a smaller guy who was really nimble in the pocket, could extend plays avoid pressure so that was a big part of it too so yeah but there's no doubt we all know Purdue's got to get things buttoned up on that defense and like you said uh they got to cover a little bit better in the back end and also uh, also get to try to get more pressure and, and take advantage of some of that talent that they have at the outside linebacker spot too yeah you know one real bright spot I thought in the secondary was Dylan Thienem and now we did not necessarily maybe expect the one high safety uh, and if we did, we didn't expect that one high safe to be quite so high. But it seems like it's part of the scheme for for Walters yeah. and, and Kevin Kane. But he played well. I mean, that was quite an athletic interception, maybe one of the more uh, athletic interceptions that that we have seen here in, in recent memory out of out of a safety to be able to, to, A, go get that ball. I mean, he had to cover a lot of ground to get there. Mm-hmm. And then, B, have the wherewithal to get that right foot in which I managed to see, by the way, from Section 108 Live. I'm not sure why we needed the replay on that, uh, nor do I know why we needed the replay on most of the calls yeah. that were made uh, on Saturday. They all looked pretty obvious for the most part and should have been called right on the field, I think. But uh, Thieneman was really good. I mean, that was a, a real bright spot, I thought, uh, for Purdue. He looks like He looks like a player. He doesn't look like a freshman either. He played well. Yeah, not to get off on a tangent on replays, but they missed the Devin Mockaby touchdown. He was clearly in there, too. He ended up scoring a touchdown, so it didn't matter. But I digress. You're right about Dylan Thienemann. Um, I was talking to somebody with the team the other day, and they thought he was probably the best player on defense for Purdue on, on Saturday. A true freshman. Um, you know, led the team in tackles. I think he led everybody in tackles. Fresno State and Purdue, he had 10 had that athletic interception you talk about. And, yeah, Kyle, you know, he lines up 15, 20 yards off the ball. And that's just, that's just Ryan Walter's scheme, I'm told. Um, they like, they like that, that, that position to be able to really have a good view of the field, to see everything, and to be able to take good angles on things. So it just looks really funny and really unique. I guess we're just not used to it, to see a, a player in, in a traditional, you know, course of a game play that deep in the secondary. Yeah, it was unusual to to uh, to say the least. But um, you know, at least uh, at least he was able to go get there and and yeah. make plays, which was a positive. I thought there were other positives from the game. I, I thought that you know a lot of the. It's funny, Tom. I, I felt like for as much as we didn't know about Purdue, uh, not to toot our own horn here, but we were right about a lot of things, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, we we thought that Purdue might struggle a little bit on its offensive line. Uh, you know, we didn't really know about the secondary and, and how it would adapt. We, you know, we thought Dylan Thieneman would, 
would maybe have a good debut, though perhaps not as as good as what it turned out to be. But some of those other things, you know, I thought Hudson Card played pretty well. Maybe there were a couple mm-hmm. of throws out there. Perhaps if he's given uh, just a second more time there on that last drive, he's able to connect with Deion Burks on the on the post. Burks had a had a good game, a breakout uh, type of game. Uh, maybe he was a little bit better even than what than what we had anticipated. Um, Tyrone Tracy seemed to fit in well in his role, especially obviously on on special teams. Uh, Purdue missed, I think, Garrett Miller. Uh, his absence yeah. uh, was, I think, troublesome, especially maybe on some of those uh, third downs, perhaps a little bit in the red zone uh, as well. So, you know, there were some some positives out there. Let's talk a little bit of Hudson Card. I, I, I thought that he played, for the most part, in his debut uh, pretty well, put the ball where it needed to go and gave – his guys some opportunities to make plays. Yeah, I think he checked most boxes for us, right? I mean, he uh, showed a good arm. And uh, the one touchdown pass, I think the second one to Deion Burks in the north end zone was a nice throw. Uh, and you know what? We saw that athletic ability, too. Everybody even talking about the ability to avoid pressure and, and just improvise and take off and run if need be. So, yeah, I think, you know, he is what we thought he uh we thought he was going to be and uh, like, like you said Kyle in hindsight um what we saw was kind of what we what we thought we were going to see yeah you, you, you're right about missing Garrett Miller they, they also missed Paul Paferi they were down in the third tight end the redshirt freshman Max Clare um they finally got Devin Mock to be sort of amped up in the second half he finished with 60 yards rushing you know he had the early fumble um but yeah special teams too right I thought those uh performed pretty well aside from the missed field goal touchdown uh, run back by by Tyrone Tracy uh, about a 25 yard punt return by TJ Sheffield set up another Purdue touchdown so I thought special teams sort of acquitted itself pretty well on Saturday as well yeah Deion Burks was uh was a number one receiver uh good to see Purdue needs a number one receiver and they need a guy with a little bit of speed out there and he was both of those yeah. things yeah fast strong quick uh looks like he's got some confidence uh, showed that strength when he broke about three or four tackles on that 84-yard touchdown to sort of set off the scoring on Saturday. We saw everything sort of encapsulized right there, the strength, the explosiveness, and the speed. He ran away from everybody at the end. So, yeah, that's Deion Burks right there. He looks like he's that alpha guy who's going to be the number two receiver. Is it going to be Sheffield? Is it going to be Yassine? So uh, there's still a lot of questions to be answered here, but I think Purdue's got to like some of its weapons on offense. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll push ahead, look a little bit toward uh, Virginia Tech, maybe talk some about how uh, this coaching staff uh, challenged here after week one. How will it respond and try to get the Boilermakers to respond as well? That coming up next on Gold and Black Radio. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill, industrial and classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Eastern Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. 
Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-775-6502 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-775-6502. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, Tom, uh, Ryan Walters loses game one uh, in his uh, Purdue tenure. Um, I guess really the the first hiccup here uh, for him as the head coach. A lot of things have gone well. Uh, obviously, once the games come, there's the possibility uh, that you lose. Uh, Purdue, of course, did lose in game one. How do you see uh, – first of all, what, what did you think about, you know, sort of Ryan Walters in, in post game, and, and how do you see – uh, this group moving forward then to try to get uh, Purdue straightened out here in September. Yeah, I thought he handled himself with a lot of a plum in the post game. Um, you know, he's, he always kind of maintains that same persona, uh, calm under fire, doesn't seem to ever get too high or too low, just a real presence about him, a real calmness, and still always a real sense of confidence. And again, that was even reflected, I thought, in the post game, which had to be very frustrating, you know, anytime you have to come in off the battlefield, so to speak, uh, the heat of the moment, a tough loss, keep yourself composed and, and offer some some insightful, uh, you know, per, uh, perspective in, in the game. And I, I thought he did all of that. So, you know, now's, now's when you really earn your money, right, as a head coach, as a staff, is well, what type of improvement can you make? What adjustments are you going to make? Can you keep everybody dialed in and motivated? So, again, game one to game two, as you know, Kyle, a lot of times most people think that this is when you make your most improvement. And we'll see uh, how Purdue looks Saturday. You know, that's going to be a tough environment in Blacksburg Lane Stadium. With that inter-Sandman uh, tradition that they play to get that place rocking, they're 1-0. You know they think they can beat Purdue. So uh, it's going to be a heck of a test. Purdue certainly doesn't want to start 0-2, Kyle. The last time I think they lost their first two games is when they went 0-3 to start that 2018 season under Jeff Rom. Yeah. What – if any changes do you think that we will see from a personnel perspective? I, I don't know that you can make a lot, right? I, and I don't know that you should yeah. necessarily after after one game either. Um, but it seems like, you know, much of what Purdue will try to do here is just, just work on the mistakes that they made, try to get better. Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, the secondary pal, there's just not much depth back there, a cornerback, the backup cornerback. One, one guy's a junior college transfer. The other guy's a true freshman, so it's not like you can keep – trying to pull guys off the bench. You just have to hope, you know, you still get good play from, from, from that position, you know, with your, with your two transfers, uh, uh, you know, Marquise Wilson and Markevious Brown. And the offensive line we've talked about, I think there's a chance maybe Josh Kaltenberger gets on the field. Purdue has its number two, uh, number two center this week. And you know what, as far as positives go too, they had no turnovers, right? Yeah. And they, did, they didn't have a whole lot of penalties. Fresno State had a lot of penalties that really hurt them. They were able to overcome them. So as far as discipline on the field football, again, not a lot of sloppiness, no turnovers, um, not a lot of real costly penalties. 
So, uh, but yeah, like, like, like we talked about earlier, the, the need to still get better up front on offense to try to get more of a, of a push in that ground game and, and again, to get things more, a little bit more buttoned up in the back end of that secondary. And also just to improve on third down on both sides of the ball. I think those would be things that many of us would be watching for on Saturday. Yeah, I think there's, Tom, always a tendency, and we we do this, everybody does it, to focus on the negative when you lose. And certainly uh, losing is is not good. Uh, but they're a player or two away there. And then, and then you know, if they win that game, you focus on more of the things that did go well. And there were some, yeah. like you pointed out, the penalties, lack of turnovers, uh, and some of the things we talked about earlier. The, the troublesome thing is that it feels to me like a Purdue team that's going to be in a lot of games, uh, and including probably this weekend against Virginia Tech. I would anticipate uh, this being a close game. It seems like Vegas thinks – it will be as well. And and when that happens, you got to be able to, you know, make some defensive plays, you know, punch yeah. the ball in uh, when you're in the red zone. Some of those things really, uh, really come to the forefront, to say the least. This should be a close game against Virginia Tech on Saturday. I, I, I have I, I don't know what I don't know where I'm supposed to look for the exact line here, but I have seen anything from uh, Virginia Tech minus one to Purdue minus two and a half. So uh, <laughs> seems like a pick them uh, almost yeah. here. Um you know, a little bit surprising. That's a difficult place to play. I thought the Hokies probably would be a, uh, I don't know, what, a five-point favorite or something? Just uh, just because that's a difficult place to go in there and play. But uh, it's not the usual Virginia Tech team that we sort of have spent the t- last, what, 20 years uh, watching either. No, I mean, these aren't Frank Beamer's Hokies, Kyle. Uh- these aren't Michael Vick's Hokies and Corey Moore and all those guys they had that were so great, you know, what, 20, 22 years ago when they played for the national title against Florida State. They had that program rolling, of course. Um, you know, Bud Foster running the defense. Uh, boy, Tech really, again, had it had it rolling. But they're, uh, they're, they're, they're struggling right now to really find their way again. You know, Justin Fuentes followed Beamer. He, he got fired. This is the second year for Brent Pry who was a defensive coordinator of Penn State. Uh, he had a losing record last year. So, yeah, they're, they're sort of in transition here still. And But like you said, Lane Stadium's a tough environment. It's going to be a new kickoff. It should be plenty hot. And you're right. I'm like you, Kyle. I thought maybe the Hokies would be at least maybe a, a three to a five-point fray, but you usually get three points just for your home field. Yeah. So let's just, let, let, let's just call it a toss-up, right? And it's big. And like you said, we just got to find a way to win these close games because – like you said, they're probably going to be in a lot of close games, fourth quarter games. Can yeah. you make that key play to, to pull things out? That's going to be the key. I, I just flashed back to Saturday, Kyle, when they went forward on fourth and goal from the one-yard line and Maccabee got stuffed. You score that touchdown, you win the game uh, right there. And uh, so, again, it's uh, we, we always know there's not much difference in a lot of these teams, and there's going to be a lot of games like this, and can they have some guys step up and, and win games and make plays for them in crunch time? Yeah. Yeah, that's the way I feel. I think I think Purdue's going to be in a lot of football games uh, this year and uh, going to have some opportunities in the fourth quarter, maybe even earlier than that. I mean, as we sort of alluded to, there were chances perhaps in the third quarter for Purdue really to maybe not put the game away, but uh, make it really difficult on uh, Fresno State there in the last, what, 20 minutes or so and, and just couldn't quite uh, – get the accelerator pushed all the way to the ground. Uh, will be an interesting week. We'll look for uh, all your pregame reports at goldandblack.com. Thank you, Tom. 
Take care, buddy. That'll do it for our podcast for this week. A thanks to our sponsors. As always, if you do like the podcast, please rate us five stars on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a comment as well. All right, that'll do it for our show. For Tom Deanhart, I'm Kyle Chargers. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio.